Greetings, this is Atma Boda. Today my voice is deeper than usual, so please bear with me. Today's topic is episode 9, How Are You Different From Other Teachers? And this is not only true for the teachers of the present, but the teachers of the past. How am I different? Well, I prefer to focus on where we are the same. What pervades all, as repeatedly asserted, is this absolute truth. Some of us are closer to this absolute truth than others throughout history. What is different about this path in particular, the one that I advocate, is that where some teachers may focus more on one aspect of spirituality. Some focus more on the mind. Others focus more on the heart. And there is a lot to learn in both of these disciplines. The heart is about love. And love is one of the two most important primordial forces and one of the most powerful forces in the universe. However, love alone is not enlightenment. And the reason for that is because love is more of a passive and receptive force. It is a great equalizer. Love pervades everywhere. However, to focus only on love is, uh, you can say you can be manipulated by the outside um, more easily. Your mind, if your mind is not strong enough and you're all heart, people can take advantage of you, sadly. I wish it wasn't the case. Or maybe I do. I mean, see, the thing about this is from one perspective, you wish people are not easily manipulated. But on the other perspective, if this doesn't happen that way, if it doesn't happen that way, then we wouldn't have reality the way that we have it now. And so in a sense, it's necessary to learn those lessons of being manipulated by others in order to arrive at a place of strength and to prevent that kind of manipulation to happen to you again in the future. And so that's the reason, of course, that we have all of these experiences. I mean, great motivational speakers do talk about how there are no such thing as problems, but only learning experiences. So that's nothing new. But how is what, back to the topic, how are you different from other teachers? Okay, so how I'm different is I, I'm combining both the heart with higher truth and the mind by asserting that the mind is easily attached instead of practicing pure, well, I wouldn't say pure, but instead of trying to practice complete unattachment with your mind, the mind is designed to be attachment 
to be attached. uh, Having the mind attaching to something is not a weakness except when the mind is attached to the wrong thing. Okay, so that's a difference between me and other teachers. I mean, to practice non-attachment completely, yeah, maybe you can do that if you're a a monk or if you're homeless or if you don't have to engage so much in the real world. But if you need to be successful in the, in the material world, you need the mind, okay? You can't try to become mindless or egoless. In fact, I don't even like the concept of ego. So, th- so those are some differences right there. I, I don't speak the ego language. I talk about mind and I say it's great to have the mind attached as long as the mind is attached to truth. As long as the mind is attached to the highest truth, the highest truth you can imagine. There's nothing wrong with attaching your mind to that. That's the purpose of the mind. It is what the mind is designed for. And that's what other teachers, many other teachers don't understand yet, and that's fine. But when you are attached In other words, for attached could be immersed. When your mind is immersed in that bliss, that cosmic oneness of higher primordial truth, when your mind is attached that way, you feel inspired. You feel like you have what your mind needs. You have what your mind craves. It's like this is it. You feel, oh, wow. I've arrived. This is what life is about. This is what makes life great. And so would I say that truth is, the experience of truth and inspiration is superior to love? No, I wouldn't say that. I would say it's one half of what you need for this cosmic dance to occur within you when your heart is inflamed by love and feels this deep mm, this love this you know when you have that love and then you also have that inspiration of truth in your mind it's like you have these two spheres these two glowing balls of pleasure one glowing ball in your chest and the other one in your mind. You know, there's an expression, brilliant mind, right? Where did that come from? Because when your mind is inspired by truth, it becomes brilliant. And it's not only brilliant, though, it's, it's the bliss, it's the inspiration. And this is something that Oh, well, I've said this before. Every artist, every musician, they all crave this, right? To be a writer. What everybody wants is to be inspired. And most people consider it impossible to be inspired all the time. They think, oh, inspiration can happen in a moment, and then, you know, you're back to the ups and downs of life. And they consider it impossible to be in a continuous state of inspiration for your mind to always be continuously connected with that higher truth. So when someone comes out and says, okay, well, my mind is continuously connected with this higher truth, it, it's kind of incredulous. People don't really believe that that is even possible. 
let alone someone actually uh, doing that. Because when your mind is such connected, you have an impenetrable mind. So impenetrable mind is the other way I differ from other teachers. I say it's possible to have an impenetrable mind. In fact, that's even something that should be a goal for people to achieve, to aspire towards, to be able to be um, so radiantly blissful that you can walk into any situation of chaos or uncertainty or fear that others might have around you and yet be unperturbed by all of that to be steadfast to have that inner strength that resilience so that is a core of the philosophy that I represent is resilience and also claiming that I have achieved this impenetrable mind no matter how hard that may be for people to believe it but my mind is completely impenetrable and the reason for that is because it's been completely penetrated by this higher cosmic truth and in so doing I don't become less of an individual but instead you become an empowered individual it's something useful to be confident all the time to be a leader to be successful in life or in business confidence is very powerful it's a secret it is a secret in fact it is it's what defines success without confidence you can't have success so if people <laughs> there are people that might claim that I'm deluded or I'm crazy and that's fine people are entitled to their opinions and that's what makes the diversity of life so interesting I would say life would be less interesting if people were all the same maybe a lot of people are not ready to experience greatness within yourself it's not arrogance to experience greatness it's not arrogance to think of yourself as great what arrogance is is when you refuse to see the greatness in others as long as you can see the greatness in others that is what makes you part of what makes you great you can't you can't be truly great if you cannot recognize the greatness that's in everybody else and so to me that is how it's possible to be both humble and great at the same time humility is not about putting yourself beneath someone else humility is just about being real and keeping yourself on the same playing field by claiming that I am enlightened and have an impenetrable mind is not about boasting but it's about proclaiming that hey this is possible because I've, I've arrived here and you can too 
it's like a flower saying, hey, look at me, I've opened up. And all the other flowers maybe are in bud stage. They could be saying, well, stop shouting, you know. Who cares if you are an open flower? And, you know, <laughs> because actually everybody is a flower. Everybody's going to open up. Some might open up and blossom sooner than others. But we all will open up. Okay, so what are the differences? I'm getting back to that. How are you different from other teachers? So number one, resilience and having an impenetrable mind is a very important part of the philosophy. And saying that you cannot have that without this connection to higher truth, this one living truth, and this one living truth is accessible to all. And so there's some parallels with some other religious traditions. And what makes me different too is I'm a Westerner, okay? I'm, I'm born and bred in the United States. I've uh, also lived in England. I've lived in Canada. And I've traveled the world. And so my approach to spirituality is more also from a Western perspective. I've studied some of the great Western philosophers of the past, whether it be Socrates and Plato and I don't claim to have a PhD in philosophy, but I can appreciate the deeper concepts that these philosophers have had. And so I regard what, as a teacher, not only this being a spiritual path, but also a philosophy that could be measured alongside what other philosophers in the West have discovered. So I said before that what this path represents is not new and it is ancient. But I mean that in the same way that when Columbus, quote, discovered, unquote, the new world, the new world already existed before Columbus arrived, right? So the new world, he discovered it for the West but it was already there. And the same thing is true with this. There are other Eastern masters that have uh, reached this place in the past, of course. I don't claim to be the only one. However, I have yet to meet or discover any living teacher today that also has an impenetrable mind I would love it if someone comes forward and tries to contact me and says, hey, Atma, I, all have, an I have an impenetrable mind too. I'd be like, great, really? There's, there's an, you know, <laughs> I'm not the only one? Awesome. I don't want to be the only one with an impenetrable mind. I want others to have impenetrable minds and I want to meet others. I've met yogis, I've met, um, but I can't say that the people I've met have impenetrable minds in the past. I was a student of a, of a yogi for many years in, until I discovered the flaws that he has to overcome. In other words, not having an impenetrable mind and focusing only on the heart. And so I can see the flaws 
in only focusing on the heart and without having that inspiration of truth. Because if you only focus on the heart and you neglect the mind, then you can be blown about on the cosmic wind quite easily. You can be more manipulatable by external, um, by the external. Okay. Where are we at? Oops. We've just got a few more minutes left of this podcast. So again, just to summarize, um, what I'm looking to accomplish here with this, uh, what my path represents and what I'm advocating for is a merging of philosophy, science, and spirituality to find the common ground where quantum physics can meet Eastern mysticism because there is a common thread throughout. I know Ken Wilbur attempted to do that as well in the past, but I cannot necessarily consider that he has an impenetrable mind. I'd love to meet him and talk about that and what he thinks about the concept of an impenetrable mind. But, yeah, how am I different? Well, impenetrable mind is one, and the second is combining both love and truth and recognizing that love, unconditional love, and universal truth are the two most powerful primordial forces in the universe. Also, what's different about me compared to other teachers is I regard the opposite of love as desire, and that by eliminating the concept of, oh, how do I say this? By limiting the influence of external desires, worldly desires, is how you can free yourself from fear, from doubt, and from worry. So that's another thing, how am I different? Well, I don't experience fear anymore. I don't experience anxiety. I don't experience doubt. In fact, I'm incapable of doubt in particular. When you have an impenetrable mind, doubt has no place has no home in you. It's like you already, you know, it's like your confidence is so deep and, and you, you're, you're, the one living truth is so ingrained within you that there's no home for doubt and no home for fear and no home for anxiety. It's like, it's not like, how do I say this? When you're so full of this one living truth and, and so full of love, there's no room for anything else. There's no room to feel anxious or to doubt or to worry or even to desire. It's like you feel fulfilled. You feel satisfied. You feel complete. And so, again, just to summarize, heart, the currency of the heart is love. The currency of the mind and what the mind craves and wants to be attached to is universal truth. To my knowledge, I have not yet met a teacher that combines both of those and also has an impenetrable mind. And correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody listening to this podcast wants to reach me, they can and uh, message me if you know of another teacher out there that can make those claims. Because I believe at the top, we're a brotherhood. We're a family. This is not a competition. I'm not trying to be better than somebody else. I want <laughs> everyone to be awesome. This is Adma Boda signing out, and you are awesome, actually. You're more awesome than you know. Until next time, bye-bye.